Welcome to Around the Rink, the podcast that never sleeps or has been on snooze for about three months. I'm Jared Oster. With me is my main man, Dwayne Gellowaychuk. How are we doing today, my friend? Excellent. You know, all good things have to take, uh, you know, a little bit of an overview, a look at things, how we can get better, how we want to get better for our viewers. And uh, it's glad to be back and looking forward to uh, this episode. Well, I've missed you so much that I tune into Jets pregame hockey games just so I can hear your voice through the radio. It just, you know, warms my heart. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a good opportunity for me to do that. You know, the Jet games are good. There's been some challenging games to talk about uh, here as of late, but uh, I think the last game where they scored four goals. Got four goals scored against them and scored another four. four. I think will be a good uh, learning experience and it might be the step forward that they need. Yeah, well, we need a step forward for sure. We need to kind of, I think everybody knows this, With whether you're a Jets fan or you're in the room, uh, we need we need to string some wins together. Nothing better than a homestand. So hopefully they can figure it out. I mean, the one good thing with the Jets, whether, you know, you look at this season as a write-off or not, but... Um, it's just one of those uh, like those anomaly years where I just don't think everybody has played to their best ability, and uh, we're a lot better on paper than we're showing on the ice, and it's just a matter of sometimes confidence and, and getting a little bit of puck luck. And I don't think the Jets got a ton of that early in the season, but who knows? There's still quite a few games left, but they need to put something together right away if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're right about the puck luck. I think you're right about this. The consistency in their play I think some of that w- wasn't there when they needed it to be and now it's shows you how quickly things can change in NHL you know teams can get on a roll and I think that's what the Jets need to do now they need to get on a roll to find a way to get some points back to back get some help from other opposing teams and hopefully the whiteout comes back oh man we would love that wouldn't we you know what I, I like watching some of the players you know in a year like this where there's been so many injuries and and with COVID and, and everything going on with that um, some players that have I've got a chance maybe a little bit earlier than they were supposed to getting into the lineup and and discovering some new talent and and even with some of the veterans that are now playing at another level I look at a guy like uh, Adam Lowry I mean some there's been a switch that's gone off on this guy like he is now He's actually looking more like he did in junior as like a guy that you can really count on to put in the puck in the net. But I really like his game. And, I mean, for all the naysayers last year that said Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't, wasn't a great trade, I'm glad that he's having the season that he's having because those two guys especially pop off the page to me. You know, Kyle Connor obviously is having a great season. But it's nice to see some of those guys that, you know, weren't expected to be offensive guys necessarily like a Lowry and then a guy like Pierre who's kind of found uh, what we what a lot of Jets you know um, brass thought they were getting when they traded him for Line. Yeah you know the trade that's gone through now you see Patrick Line starting to score goals at will now again what he does best and now we're starting to see as Winnipeg Jet fans what Pierre-Luc Dubois was supposed to be like what he was like in the playoff series against the Maple Leafs a couple of years ago with Columbus and now he's doing it here. It looks and it sounds like he's having the time of his life playing in Winnipeg. He likes Winnipeg. He likes being in front of the fans. And I think he's that secondary scoring or, you know, first level scoring him and Kyle Connors. But also, I think he's a good character guy. You hear him talk. He's honest. He's out front. He's not going to hide anything. And 
you know, same thing with Adam Lowry. Adam Lowry was an offensive star, uh, you know, in the Western Hockey League, and he came into the league, had to, you know, turn a different page on how he wanted to play. You know, when he's had to stick up for his teammates, which is hard to do, he's taken on some tough customers, some guys that, you know, do that for a living, and he's had to do it for the Jets, and now he's getting rewarded with that, with showing that offensive upside that he may have in junior that, you know, a lot of people maybe forgot about. Can we get everybody's dad on the bench? <laughs> you know? Maybe maybe that's what's going on. Maybe, you know? Maybe he's playing better because his dad's on the bench. Like, I mean... Can we get everybody's dad on the bench and maybe we turn this thing around? Do you think they have a rule that they're not allowed to talk about hockey when they get together? Well, I found it funny just at the, um, I think it was in between periods or post game, and he's talking, uh, Dave Lowry, the coach, is talking about the game, and he, and he says, yeah, you know, I threw Lowry's out there. And it makes me laugh because I'm like, it's your son, and you call yeah. him by last name. I always yeah. find that funny. But Do you think he turns around on the bench and say, hey, dad, who's up yeah, yeah. yeah, dad, I want to get out there. Let's go. I'm feeling it. <laughs> So we got Ray Petkow on here. He's the owner of Alpha Hockey Inc. And we talk about, we haven't had many agents on here. He goes over his day-to-day and what an agent really does. Um, great guy to talk with and go over some of, the, some of the extra things that he does in his free time um, to help different charities. So shall we get to the interview? And Hellebuck makes a spectacular save and gives the signal himself. I mean, he couldn't have been any deeper on this play. He's along the goal and he's almost... Okay, welcome to the podcast, the founder of Alpha Hockey, Inc., Mr. Ray Petkow. Ray, how's it going today and thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me and it's going great. Sunny day today, finally. Yeah, nice and it's only minus 40 outside, but we'll take the sun. (laughs) That, that, That comes from a guy that I think was somewhere hot, maybe what, four days ago or somewhere like that, weren't you, Ray? Uh, more than four days ago, but okay. yes, I was in Florida for a little bit. Yes, yeah. a work trip, right? It was a work trip. Yeah, I saw I saw about seven or eight of our guys that trip. So I can, I did spend one hour at the beach. I'll, I'll <laughs> there you go. You schedule these. You schedule these meetings when you're watching the Doppler radar and you see the blizzards <laughs> rolling in. Sounds yeah. like my wife right now. She's chirping <laughs> me on that. <laughs> okay, Ray. Well, let's start. Uh, you know, you, you started, uh, you founded this company in 1999. Before we get to that, why not take us through a little bit about, you know, your love for hockey and how uh, hockey kind of got into your life at the start? Absolutely. Um, uh, so I was, I was not born in Canada. I was born in Mexico. Um, so we didn't, we didn't even know what hockey was until maybe I was five years old, the first time I saw somebody on skates. Um, it was in Winnipeg. I thought it was awesome, of course. And uh, so we, we moved back and forth a few times when I was a young young child until I was nine is when we settled in, in Manitoba permanently. And I didn't play hockey till I was 13, but wanted to, but I had a single mom and she couldn't afford it. And, and she made some sacrifices to finally get me into hockey when I was 13 and I absolutely loved it. Um, I don't think I ever had a bad day on the rink. Uh, I didn't play very well. It's not what I mean. It was just something that I enjoyed since the very beginning. I, I loved the game and um, had a, and so I played in Steinbach. That's where I grew up. Had a very, very enjoyable minor hockey uh, experience there with great coaches, great teammates all the way through. Just uh, learned so much. And um, uh, it included uh, 
playing some junior hockey as well in, in Steinbeck with the junior Huskies. Um, and uh, that's as far as I got. I, I wasn't enough uh, to play beyond that, but uh, I immediately got into scouting, some coaching after uh, playing with the Huskies and um, worked my way up into junior, junior A in Western Hockey League and uh, eventually to the career that I have now. So growing up, was it always like, did you always kind of think that you wanted to be a player agent? Was that something that interests no. you or was that something that kind of, kind of organically came about while you were kind of working within these junior teams? That, that, yeah, it happened when I was in, in working with the junior teams. Um, growing up, I wanted to be an NHL hockey player. That, that was my goal. And, uh, and I love to say that because too many times I meet teenagers who are embarrassed to say they want to play in the NHL. And, and let's just be true or, or wishes our dreams. I, I think it's important to say. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful dream to have. And that was my dream. Uh, but again, I just wasn't good enough to, to continue after junior hockey here, uh, or I didn't even make it to a high level of junior. Um, so the, the goal to become an agent was, uh, th that started to become my goal when I worked in, in junior hockey. I just, uh, I got to know some agents and of course, junior hockey players. I saw their needs. Um, I saw in many cases they did have agents they had representation and and uh um being on the kind of i mean i was scouting but in in one case in weyburn uh in the in uh, the sjhl i was i got more involved kind of in the in the business side of it for for a, a period of time and uh, ron rumble was the gm there and he he taught me so much about the junior game um but i i was involved in that in, in a lot of those discussions, sometimes with agents too, and I just, I, I, I always kind of felt like the game um, needed needed more, even though there's a lot of agents, but I felt like the game kind of needs um, some, some more people, uh, and I don't want to throw a lot of people under the bus here to know what I mean to do, but, you know, there's, there's always been a bit of a stigma or, or uh, you know, a lot of people don't like agents because, uh, you know, they're, uh, the the reputation of some agents has tarnished the, the whole industry and uh, I just didn't want to add to that I wanted to, to to do a small part or my small part to fix that and to, uh, to to kind of have a reputation in the business as somebody who's more honest and and um, and trustworthy um, so so that was kind of how I, I started thinking you know like some of these guys are just not honest and and, um, you know, I saw how that was affecting players. So uh, that's the, that became my goal when I was in my, in my early 20s. And I did start working in Weyburn when I was in my early 20s, uh, just as a scout. And uh, then progressed on to the Moose Jaw Warriors as a scout there as well for a short period of time. Ray, was it so much that you saw a need or, you know, uh, uh, maybe you needed to fill a void for these young hockey players, was it was it more the on ice or was it more the off ice that was missing that you felt? At, at the time, I felt like um, it was it was, and I, I think you you have the right word there, the a void, um, just for for some some better advice off ice. Uh, but of course, that 
that is related to the on ice. Uh, a few years after I got into the business, though, is when I really started to have uh, a love for developing and, uh, you know, the development part of the game, which is actually something that's probably the biggest thing that sets, sets our, our company apart from, from others is, is all the development that we do. Um, both on on ice and off ice with actual hands-on training and, and, and things like that and camps and, and whatnot. But uh, when I started, I, I just, I really did see that these, these young players and their families really wanted the truth. And too often they were, they were told what they wanted to hear as opposed to what they needed to hear. And I just wanted to, to be uh, someone who would tell them what they needed to hear that would help them in the long term for their planning as opposed to uh, always being told you're the best or, you know, you, you deserve to be on this team. You deserve more ice. Uh, my approach would be, and sometimes that's true, but um, my approach has always been what, how can I help the player and his family? But usually it's the player who needs to, to find those, uh, th those ways of, getting to what their goal is as opposed to just saying, Oh, I'm going to call the GM and I'm, or the coach, and I'm going to yell at him. You know, that doesn't accomplish anything. Now in 99, when you started uh, the company alpha hockey Inc, is that, did that kind of go into why you started your own company? Cause I, again, we've met some agents throughout the years. Uh, my cousin's an agent. He, you know, he joined a, a firm, which a lot of guys do. Was that kind of why you started your own company? Because you kind of had a different philosophy on how you wanted to run the company? Exactly. Yes, I did have uh, a few interviews with various uh, companies, uh, established agencies. Um, three interviews I had. Um, and and I had a couple of offers to work for these companies. But... Um, yeah, I, I really wanted to, I wanted to do it, I guess, my way, um, because I, I didn't feel like I wanted to be one of, one of many. I wanted to, to be set apart um, in, in some specific ways, which, which was what I just touched on is, is more, more of that, that honest approach. And, and again, I, I really don't want to um, make people, the, the listeners feel like, I believe all agents are are corrupt or, or dishonest. That's not the case at all. I have known some who are, but for the most part, most agents are wonderful people. Um, but the the industry just has a has that uh, tarnished reputation, and I really wanted to work hard to uh, to, to help change that and to to provide um, a different type of uh, service to the players. But but I did know that it was going to be very hard to, to build a clientele. And that, that was the hardest part for me is building a clientele um, without attaching my name to an established agency. Um, two part question. If you, if you don't want to divulge the, the, the secret behind the name, uh, you know, how you came up with the name for the company, that would be the first one. Uh, and then the second part is um like how, how come putting roots down in, in Manitoba, was it a family decision or was it something that you wanted to stay, uh, you know, stay local, stay somewhere small instead of going to the bigger cities like Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere like that. Yeah. So the, the first part of the question of the name, actually the name was, um, hip check hockey until 
Oh boy, I'm I'm not even sure. I think I, we changed I, I remember, about, I remember. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was hip check hockey. Um, I guess it's been about seven or eight years since we changed the name and uh, did a, a rebranding. Um, and now we're not a big a big uh, agency. Never have been. Um, we've never reached fifty clients, um, and that's by design. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, hip check hockey to alpha. Alpha's hip hip check just didn't have a, a real good ring to it, I think, and and it was time for a new look and and, and a new feel. Um, alpha hockey, it's uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I won't get into it too much. There's a whole lot of meanings there actually, and and we could probably spend an hour talking about some of that, but um, the word alpha has uh, a number of meanings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not the alpha male type, uh, thing that we were looking for. That's not it at all, but it, you know, kind of the, the beginning and, and, and the end and, and stuff like that. There's even some biblical, um, meaning there. So, uh, so yeah, and, and Adam Francilia and I came up with, with that actually more so Adam Francilia, who we work with very, very closely. He's a integral part of our, our company. Um, couldn't do any of what we do without Adam actually. So, um, so it was his, uh, so if you like it, uh, credit goes to him. If you don't like it, it's not my fault. The, uh, the reason uh, we've stayed in, in Manitoba is mostly family. Um, but what I've seen here in recent years and, and even three or four years ago, we did look at moving, um, our family and, and it was just, it wasn't that we wanted to move, but we, we considered it, um, it's Manitoba is hard to leave and we live in Steinbach and, and uh, I've had my office there for 20 plus years. And, and now in the last year we've been, uh, we've had a location in Winnipeg, which I love. Um, it, it's hard to leave Manitoba, both Steinbach and, and Winnipeg, Manitoba in general, the people are great. Their kids are in, are in excellent schools. My wife has a good, very good job. Um, it's just a hard place to leave. And what I've seen here now in the last few years is the hockey community, uh, hockey in general, has really improved the development uh, of young players. We used to see two or three good players coming out of Manitoba every year at that bantam and midget level. Now we're seeing so many more. It's incredible what's happened here. So this is a hockey hotbed for me. Um, I really see it as, as one of the best places to live and work in this industry. And I, I wouldn't want to be in Toronto or Vancouver or any other place. This is it. This is awesome. This is a great market. Perfect. So a lot of parents don't necessarily uh, know exactly what an agent does. I mean, they all, we hear agent, we think contract negotiations. Uh, but like you kind of mentioned earlier, um, you're more of a people person. You kind of wanted to do it a little bit more like it's a family. What are, can you indulge in some of the things that you do on a day to day with your clients besides, you know, contract negotiations? Sure. Um, oh boy, I could take that in a million different directions because there really are, there, there's so many different things that we do. Um, and yes, contract negotiations, that is the big one that everyone thinks about, right? Um, but, um, actually after this podcast, I'll be he heading over to Connor Hellbuck's house because, uh, there's a little, a little accident, uh, the snow plow bumped into his, his garage. And, uh, so I'll be taking care of the insurance claims process for that. Um, uh, and, uh, um, 
in the off season, I watered his house plants. So, <laughs> um, so you could see, you know, I negotiated his contract, but I'm also taking care of those little things. And uh, a month ago, he needed a some wiring done in his house, and I called the electrician to come do that. And, um, so there, there's those types of things. And, uh, and of course that's not possible for some of our other guys, uh, like James Reimer plays in San Jose and I'm not watering his house plants because <laughs> not exactly there. Um, so, um, the, and, and there's everything in between, whether it's, it's uh, tax prep and I'm not an accountant, but we, we work with the accountants to, uh, uh, to make sure that everything is done correctly. Um, and, um, you know, all of those, basically anything that somebody could, could need help with, uh, they're busy training and playing, especially during the season, they are busy. They, the, the schedule doesn't allow them to do a whole lot of things. And when they have some time off, we want to give them the time off with their families that they can, they can spend, uh, because they travel so much. So we, we try to take care of a lot of those things for the NHL guys that, uh, that are just kind of tasks that that take time away from things that they they'd like to be able to do and and uh sometimes we joke that uh it'd be nice to have a personal uh, assistant for for us too to take care of those types of things but this is just the world we live in these guys are very busy and, and we're taking care of all of all of those needs but um and for the younger guys it's a it's a completely different level of of need that they have um, there, sometimes I'm talking to, you know, if a young player has some issues, I mean, I've had young players come to me with girlfriend issues. Um, and we have to remember these are teenagers, uh, in some cases, and, um, and they just need to have somebody they can trust to talk to. Sometimes, uh, you know, an 18 year old or a 17 year old feels more comfortable talking to me about something than mom or dad in that case. And, and I, uh, I, I really value that relationship that I have with them, that they, they feel comfortable doing that. And, and I feel that's a, an honor and a privilege. Um, so we're, we have to be very careful to, um, to deal with that properly and, and to, you know, be that listening ear. Um, but that's probably not something that most people think of when they think of an agent, um, somebody who's there for these guys. And, and, you know, often it's, they have problems with a teammate or a coach or, or they're wondering if, if their career is going in the right direction. Am I with the right organization? And, and uh, for the record, I'm not that guy who's, who's likely to say, no, your team, your team's terrible and, and we should get a trade. Um, these, these are life skills that I'm trying to teach these players to help them navigate the uh all the different things that they're they're dealing with um you know if you're having a problem with ice time i'd rather coach you in a way that you can go talk to your gm uh or your coach first of all your coach in that case uh go talk to your coach respectfully and ask hey what can i do in practice to earn more ice time and these are some skills that these players need to be taught and a lot of dads or moms weren't in the game. They don't know how to deal with these things. So, so that's, that falls on my shoulders and, and our staff. And we have incredible staff and, and uh, you know, it's a small group, but, but these, the, the people in our, in our, on our staff, we all really want to help um, 
give give players the tools to be able to better their situations like that. So so that that's a lot of time. Um, and then for us, there's the whole development part of it as well, where we we have uh, we Adam Francilli is a full time trainer. He works with all of our guys, and and uh, you know there's so much that goes along with that. We spend so many hours every week looking at film and talking to the guys, and 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 uh, you know Adam spends a great deal of time. Um, sometimes it's Zoom, sometimes it's in person, but just talking to the guys and, and walking them through all of their off ice uh, conditioning and and uh, training and injury. Uh, rehab there, there's so much of that so yeah the i could go on and on and on we don't have enough time in the day to to really explain all of the the different things that we do for the guys uh or the roles of of an agent or at least our group um and that is not typical though some agencies are more about just the contract negotiation um and some are more the in line with what we do with you know it's kind of known as a boutique agency where we take care of a lot of those extra things. So, um, and I, I never say one is right or one is wrong. It's just that um, for us, the way we do it is right for our agency and for the clients that we have. And we're not, not every player wants that level of service. Some players want an agent or a lawyer to negotiate a contract and that's it. That's great. Um, okay. So one thing I found when I was doing some background for the podcast, I thought it was really cool um, learning about all the, the organizations that you've kind of partnered with in charitable, uh, charitable ways. One that came across was uh, Ramona's Reach program. Uh, first off, uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and, and how you became involved with it? Certainly. Um, so Ramona's Reach is um, it's an organization that, uh, that built an orphanage in Uganda, Pomora, Uganda. Uh, Ramona's Reach is named after my niece, Ramona. Uh, so that's how I got involved. She passed away of cancer uh, when she was 26. And she was a nurse. Um, she had devoted her life to helping others. Um, so she worked uh, in Haiti, I believe it was, uh, the first orphanage she worked at, uh, just volunteering her time. Um, and that was her, her lifelong goal, was just to, to help other people. Um, so cancer kind of, uh, you know, interrupted that and stopped that, stopped her dream from, from coming true. She wanted to work in Africa in an orphanage. Um, so when she passed away, her family, community, um, we, we built an orphanage in her, in her honor, in her memory, in, uh, in Pomora, Uganda. And so it's, it's just kind of an, an organization that was close to me um, through family, but I've gotten our, our clients involved with that over the years. Uh, James Reimer was also related to her through marriage. James's cousin married Ramona. Um, so, uh, and James and Ramona actually grew up together as well. They lived maybe a mile apart. Um, so he's, he knew Ramona as a, as a child as well. So, Great organization where everything is volunteer based. Um, if we raise ten thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars goes uh, to the organization. There's no CEO that uh, that gets paid, right? So any any fundraisers that we have, it, it goes to the kids in the orphanage, and uh, so it's become much more than an orphanage, though. Um, there's there's a, there's two schools there now, and what's really neat, and this this hasn't really 
been announced or, I mean, not that we're, we do these things for announcements, but uh, um, uh, the, the Alpha Group, our, our company and our clients, uh, about a year and a half ago, we, we pulled enough money together to build an entire school um, as part of Ramona's reach. And so um, we were able to, to fund the entire project and, and then some, and, and we bought some sports equipment for, for both uh, the, the boys and girls programs that they have there. Um, and just in the next week or so, we're going to be releasing some video of, uh, of that school and, and just to try to get more, more support for that organization. But, uh, it's been really, really cool to have our group, uh, just our clients, uh, come together and, uh, do something really unique and, and actually build an entire school for kids who wouldn't have a school at all if we wouldn't have done that. So that's one of the things that I, I spend quite a bit of time with our, our guys just talking about, you know, how, how we can help others as well. We're all privileged. Uh, let's, let's face it. I mean, uh, these kids have nothing if we don't uh, do that for them and, and that's not their fault. So what can we do? to uh to improve the world and that's that's the kind of stuff that we love doing and the guys all jumped on board every every one of our guys helped out um even some of the guys who are not making a lot of money there was co contributions from from everybody so it was really really cool and and uh and i can share that video with you guys uh, so you can get a get a look at it it's pretty neat and it's this entire school full of kids in in africa and it's it's awesome to see it's fantastic yeah, please send us that. That would be great to see. Just a piece of advice or, or just from your past experience, you being in, in the industry here a little bit, what would be the biggest advice that you could give to, you know, families or a young hockey player that are at that age? Maybe they have some teammates or maybe they have somebody they know, a family that they're, they're close to that has an agent. Like what would be the biggest piece of advice that you would give them this briefly on whether they need one? Is it important or what, like, what are they like? What's the first maybe indication that it's time to maybe look into somebody like you for the family, for the player? Yeah, I, I get that quite a bit and I'm not, I'm a little different. Um, like we don't have a lot of very young players. I don't feel like a 13 year old needs an agent. Um, I, I just don't like that part of it. So, yeah. um, I believe you need an agent. You definitely need an agent in my opinion, when NHL teams start talking to you, if you're on the NHL radar, you need an agent. Um, but there are a lot of players who need an agent before that as well. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the, the, the Bantam draft age. Um, but I, I like to think of that more as you need somebody to get advice from uh, and information. Um, yes, we do sign some young players prior to the Bantam draft, but very rarely, actually we never sign anybody before the draft because of what that could potentially do to their NCAA eligibility. Yeah. Um, but it's really important to get advice from, from I believe different people um, uh, before the Bantam draft. Um, just uh, because there are some decisions that need to be made and, you, and young players need to have uh, some knowledge and, and their parents need to have knowledge on how to handle that. But for the most part, my opinion is that players do not need an agent um, just because they're drafted. 
uh, in the Bantam draft. Um, but that advice is very important. But often they can get that advice from a coach um, or a family member or a fr family friend who's been through that process. Um, but And a good way to get information is through speaking with an agent. But I don't believe that it's wise for most players at that age to sign with an agent at 14 years old. But that advice can come from agencies regardless. So I, I encourage uh, young players to not speak with one agent, but speak with a number of agents. And, and that's including the players who I want to sign. I would recommend they sign to different, uh, they speak with different people. Um, so they're, they're sure of that, that they have that comfort level. Um, but um, advice and information should come freely from, from agents and advisors. Um, I feel that we have an obligation to provide that for, for the young players coming up. And if at some point they actually need to retain the services of an, of an advisor or agent permanently, great. Uh, then they'll already have that comfort level. But I just don't, it, it shouldn't be blanket recruiting. No, uh, your average U18 player does not need an agent. Just my opinion. I know I might, that might be upsetting some, some other people agents in the business might say that but no I, I i think we all need to uh help each other out and make sure these these families and young players are are educated um but um that's that's a step that not everybody needs to take uh who who is taking that step that's great advice do you guys ever as a company go out and give seminars to parents that are you know of that age group and let them know about some of these things or do you guys just kind of wait for them to call you we we have just waited uh for them to call us and and yes we do get many calls on that of course but uh just in the last few months um we have with the help of of nick uh in the building here uh, we've been putting together some information um that is really just information for for players and parents um, that doesn't come across as a sales pitch because we don't want it to be that. We, we really want to be, a, be of service to the hockey community as a whole. Um, again, I, I, I go back to, I often say this, we have an obligation. We, we earn a living in this awesome sport of hockey. We need to give back to the awesome sport of hockey without strings attached as well. Um, so we are just working on that process right now to come up with a way to put information out there and i'd be happy to do it with other agencies as well but i, I think uh, uh what we're trying to do right now is just put information in place um that that's readily available online from whether it's ncaa or western hockey league the different types or levels of of hockey uh for young players just to give them kind of the um, almost a Coles Notes version of this is how it works. These are your options, and 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 these these are the different type types of decisions that you have to make. That's great. Well, Ray, we uh, like to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been great talking with you and uh, getting to hear what you do on your day to day. I love uh, I love your Jerry Maguire approach to uh, to being an agent. I I think it's awesome that you guys kind of you know, more of a family feel to your agency and uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward and welcome to the building. Thank you very much. And it is absolutely great to be in this building. Um, my window overlooking uh, a rink is a dream come true. I, I, I really love it every single day. And hearing the coaches uh, 
bark their uh, instructions out there. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, che- that's uh, chewy all the time in the morning, barking at the kids, <laughs> ain't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's always awesome. friendly barking, though. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. Okay, thanks again, Ray. How are you doing, Ray? What a, you know, an interesting uh, um, agent to talk to with Ray. You know, he's down to earth. He takes a different approach than I think a lot of the big firms take. He's a very small, um, you know, spot, small clientele to work with. But it was just interesting to talk and get his, his way, how he goes about his business, how he goes about, you know, picking his clientele and then also how he takes care of his clients. I think that was really interesting to hear and, and to see what he does. Yeah, it was refreshing, you know, uh, in the world we live in with everything getting bigger, you know, lots of corporations, stuff like that. It's nice to hear that someone decided to kind of go against the currents and kind of say, you know what, I'm going to keep my client base a a little smaller, but have more of a personal touch. And I think that's kind of, you know, if I were in that situation, that's the kind of agency that I'd be looking towards just because, you know, you never want to be a number. And I, and I think it, it means more, right? You kind of create that family, a sense of family, and I love everything that he's doing there and what he stands for. So it was great to have him on today. Yeah, I think it really shows what he does and how he cares about the player, cares about the person, about their families. And, you know, it's great having him in the building. It's just another aspect of our building, like how we care about the people, about the, you know, individuals that we work with. And, you know, anybody that walks through our door, it's just another aspect, another resource that we have here for our clients and our families. What's the big plans for the weekend? I know that you're a party animal, so what do we got? Friday, well, Saturday, party, 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 or? No, just, you know, uh, it's final weekend of U7. Okay. The McDonald Champions, the uh, team that I'm an assistant coach on. I didn't get the nod for head coach. Huh? Um, got, uh, you know, overturned by that, but I, I gladly accepted the assistant coaching role. So when they didn't take you as the head coach, what did they say? They say that silver medal, just that Olympic silver medal is just not good or? This wasn't qualified enough. Wasn't. They had an individual that had worked with Timbits before oh. and they felt that they were a little bit more qualified. And I understand Timbits is a bigger commitment. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you got to worry about a lot of things on the bench and all that. Bench so. management. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's the final weekend. Are they in the finals? No, it's just the final weekend of, of games that we play against three other teams on the weekend. So it's just the final weekend. So it should be exciting. And then starting playoffs, what, the following weekend? Or do they not do playoffs? No playoffs. We, we kind of, you know, stay away from that competition, who's winning, who's got the okay. most goals and all that. But uh, there's a few... Uh, you know, a few people in the stands that keep track of it. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure that uh, if you check on the internet summer, there'll be the U7 standings and leading scorers for them. But if I were seven years old playing in that league, I would call that the no fun league. <laughs> like, I want a winner and a loser. I want to know if I won or lost. I do not want to be like, yeah, we just had fun out there. I kind of, yeah, you know. But there's, there's a group of, you know, I, th- I think there's a time and place for that. I, I 100%. But it's... The thing about getting all the kids the tuck you know, the touches, the pucks, yeah, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff, and getting on the ice and you know, they last for about forty minutes and then they start doing snow angels. Yeah. And then they wanna go and just rest in the corner or they wanna go wave at grandma and grandpa on the you know, the sideboard. Yeah, so it's yeah. interesting, you get a little bit of knowledge about everything and then you know, you get some interesting conversations, but it's uh it's always good. Well that's awesome. So hockey all weekend. Hockey all weekend. Nice. How about you? What do you got on the agenda? Well, um, I didn't clean my window wells around my house. I don't know if anybody's noticed outside, there's about uh, 19 feet of snow. 
Um, so I'm a little concerned with uh, flooding. Well, maybe there's a listener that has a window well cleaning out service well, that can help you out. I would love that if it's free. If you are a free window cleaning snow removal service, uh, I have my contact information and uh, you can come down. I would pay in soda pop. You know what you could do is you could just invite you know, some uh, co-workers, close friends over. Say you're going to have a little bonfire. It's supposed to be nice in the weekend, have a little okay. bonfire. And then just go to the dollar store yeah. and buy a shovel there for a dollar fifty. <laughs> And just buy a whole bunch of them and just say, okay, pizza and hot dogs over the fire. So you got to help me shovel out all my window wheels. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I need, I might wait another week when you're not, when you're not uh, doing your hockey thing. Because I want to get somebody strong that's, you know, that I can kind of use your muscles so you can clean up my yard for me. How about that? I will wait a week to do that. All right, well, have a great week. It's good to be back. We're hopefully, again, we say this every podcast, but we hope we can uh, start uh, getting some of these uh, interviews out a little bit quicker than once every two months. But uh, with everybody's schedules being so busy, uh, we're trying our best, but we will try to get some traction here and get these out a little quicker. I think we've got to talk to producer Tay. That's, it's all on her. I would say it's all on her. I mean, she's half the time she's not here. She's sick with every virus you've ever heard of. So okay. I don't know what's going on. She would stand up for herself, but she doesn't have a voice. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to Tay and get these out a little bit. Quicker. All right, buddy. Have, have a great weekend. Me.